Welcome to the Barrier Breakdown, Disrupting Mental Health Podcast, where we talk about the clinical and practical issues that face those working in the mental health industry. and welcome to this week's episode of The Barrier Breakdown, Disrupting Mental Health. My name is Erin Molino-Bailey. I'm the Chief Operating Officer, Cognitive Behavior Institute, and my co-host, Dr. Kevin Caridad, who is the CEO and owner at Cognitive Behavior Institute. This week on our show, we have Dr. Krista Puglisi, who is a psychology postdoctoral fellow here at Cognitive Behavior Institute. She has been with CBI for the past two years, performing psychological, social, emotional, and neuropsychological evaluations with children, adolescents, and adult clients in a variety of medical, mental health, and diagnostic profiles. So Dr. Krista Puglisi, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of The Barrier Breakdown. Absolutely, Erin. Thanks for having me. Sure. So we are really excited to um, to start the conversation by asking you, how did you get interested in psychology and mental health? Yeah, so I think there's a, a pretty strong line going back to um, my college days, you know, gen ed requirement was psychology, um, and it just piqued my interest. Um, I hadn't declared a major um, at that point, and so then I enjoyed it so much, I took a couple more classes and um, really kind of came to, came to be just by all the, uh, you know, different classes I needed to take. It's the, the love of, of psychology and just my passion for mental health in general. Awesome. And can you tell our listeners who may not be familiar a little bit about what are neuropsychological evaluations? Yeah, sure. So neuropsychological evaluations um, are a bit different than just psychological evaluations in the fact that they cover um, more specifically kind of a narrow-banded assessment of different domains of functioning um, in the cognitive realm. So uh, it varies from looking at um, language, um, social perception, visual spatial processing, auditory attention, executive function, memory and learning, some sensory motor um, abilities. So really a large breadth of uh, different processes that the brain the brain kind of does for us, um, in addition to looking at cognitive ability and intellectual functioning. So just a, a larger and yet more narrow focused, um, Great. more narrow focused, uh, yeah, look at the brain and how it operates. You know, one of the things I know we are very excited about is trying to get the best outcomes for all our clients. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways we've been doing that is with psych testing, I think, uh, you know, ADHD testing is one that seems to be kind of, at least my experience that I'm dealing with on one side, seems to be a, a big demand. But one of the things I often see is, is kind of that clarity of diagnosis, uh, because many individuals will come in on medications for a very long period of time or looking to be on meds. And I'm not so sure whether ADHD is indicated. And, uh, and my concern is, you know, there are medications that are significant side effects and use for long term. There's a cost impact, side effect impact, comorbidity impact. So how do you think uh, your psych testing fits into uh, trying to get best outcomes uh, for, for clients? Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like um, pathway to treatment uh, is very important, right? And so um, we know that there are certain evidence-based procedures, um, practices, different theories that align best with certain diagnoses. So um, I, I kind of believe that doing this, undergoing psychological evaluation 
some neuropsychological testing um, sometimes will kind of just shed light on how are the brains functioning and give us more data in order to get us those best outcomes that you're referring to. You know, as a clinician, and I know many of the listeners here are master's level clinicians uh, and doing diagnostic assessments, depending on what tools you have or your format, uh, it can really influence your degree to get clarity about a diagnosis. Uh, and then what referrals and treatments you make. Have you seen anything specific over your time with referrals on particular diagnoses that are either misdiagnosed or difficult to make because uh, kind of psychological testing stands out by itself and its ability to make that versus kind of a more of an interview? Can you speak more to that? Yeah, absolutely. So I absolutely have seen very complex cases, right? We as humans um, are an absolute... Uh, a combination of different events, right? So I'm, I'm thinking of like the biopsychosocial model, um, particularly. And so when we look at psych testing, um, it you're right. I feel like because there are so many different things um, that people, uh, you know, come in with, and then diagnoses are kind of tossed around. Um, it's, it becomes a bit murky. And so, um, yeah, I think just the nature of being complex. The testing just gives us a little bit more um, clarity in terms of overlapping symptomology. And so the differential diagnosis piece is, is kind of where it comes into play because there is a lot of comorbidity and a lot of overlap in a lot of these different um, mental health diagnoses that we see. You know, some of the areas I see typically is when there's a significant trauma history uh, mm -hmm. or, or severe anxiety or OCD, oftentimes they can mimic so many other things, including bipolar disorder, which I've seen people where I feel maybe don't have appropriately diagnosed, at least from my experience in these individual cases, uh, and they're getting on ADHD meds uh, or, uh, or vice versa, getting treated for ADHD when it's another diagnosis, trauma or what have you. Uh, how have you seen that play out in your assessments? Yeah, so I mean, similar to you as well, I've seen people come in with bipolar diagnoses where it is more of an ADHD presentation. Um, and so different medications, you know, that has implications for medications uh, down the road, right? So um, also on the counter, right? So the someone who has a diagnosis of ADHD will sometimes look like someone with bipolar or borderline personality disorder. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the the point is that they, like you said, Kevin, they're incorrectly diagnosed um, based on the testing data, um, which doesn't support the diagnoses that were given. And now, with more uh, diagnostic clarity, we're able to give them a better, what is hopefully a better outcome um, in terms of social emotional functioning, um, just their everyday living. Great. Can you give some examples of where you think the testing really clarified diagnosis and changed the course of treatment and individuals improved as a result of it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have seen a lot. There, there seems to be a common pattern where people come in with some uh, anxiety, depression, right? Um, and it looks at the surface just as there's good old anxiety depression. And so upon further um, investigation using our psych testing and some neuropsych testing, specifically looking at executive functioning, we are able to see, hey, you are actually a higher functioning person cognitively and are able to compensate for some executive functioning deficits. And so there's an underlying, um, oftentimes some, we see a 
an ADHD presentation. Um, but then secondarily, anxiety, depression develops with a, a primary kind of ADHD difficulty. Um, and so that, that one I see, um, adults kind of coming in and um, recognizing that, hey, I can't pay attention, but I'm also struggling with more mood-related and anxiety symptoms. Um, yeah, when they get treated with medications or with psychotherapy, have you seen what happens as a result? So what happens to those anxiety and depressive symptoms? They remit. Right. Yes. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I think because then we can get them on a better pathway to, to treatment and living their living their best life. And I know we've talked a, a lot about here ADHD testing, but can you talk about some of the other testing um, that, that you do or that you have done, Krista, things like school readiness testing or um, autism testing, those, you know, different kinds of, of testing uh, protocols that are available? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as Erin mentioned, we absolutely look for um, learning challenges uh, specific to um, any reading, math, writing, um, or just in general, learning challenges um, in general. We do that. We also look for um, some social emotional. Uh, we do social emotional evaluations, cognitive kind of gifted assessments, school readiness, of course, we look at um, in terms of is the child social emotionally ready and academically ready to um, attend kindergarten. Uh, we've we do those as well. Um, and then we also look for, uh, like you mentioned, um, an ASD, an autism spectrum diagnosis. Um, kind of going back to what Kevin was talking about earlier, that's kind of another comorbid diagnosis with ADHD. Um, not to bring us back to ADHD, but autism um, can, they can look a lot alike. Um, and so the, the testing helps us kind of clarify again a, a more um, evidence-based path. For, for each of those diagnoses. Wonderful. And just in case our, our uh, clinicians have any uh, questions on actually sending a client for testing, can you speak a little bit regarding the report that is generated? Um, I know a lot of times we are um, very cohesive in our collaboration with outside providers, even at CBI. So clients may have a therapist outside CBI, but they come here for testing and perhaps psychiatry if, if needed afterwards, but they still maintain that relationship with their therapist outside of CBI. So can you speak a little bit to the report and kind of how that can help shape treatment uh, moving forward, you know, with an already established provider? Yeah, absolutely. So um, generally, you're, you're absolutely right. I see that um, recommendation referrals made by a therapist, uh, oftentimes outside of the practice. What our reports will, will always include um, would be the, the reason for referral. Why are we here? What are the main kind of concerns? Um, the testing data itself, right, based on the, the battery um, of different assessments that we administer. All the results from that clinical impressions, um, kind of making sense of the data and explaining it in a cohesive, user-friendly manner. And then also um, diagnostics, so diagnostic um, impressions and considerations, and then also our treatment recommendations. So we will have, you know, for the providers um, and the clinicians, um, they are able to, if the report is shared with them, um, they would be able to see kind of the different recommendations that we make that are evidence-based based on the findings of the, the comprehensive evaluation. 
know, I think as a non-psychologist, one of the things I've appreciated most about those is that you truly get this real big picture of all the things that have been looked at, what's been ruled out, why the thoughtfulness and analysis lead you to where the path you are. And then, like you said, those recommendations of types of therapies or programs, uh, what types of referrals have been so helpful and clear to really help guide care uh, that I think, you know, for, the, for when someone does make a referral outside CBI, kind of like I think my experience internally, it really is uh, a great tool uh, that I think is uh, really strong to add into that whole collaborative kind of approach to a client when, when clinicians aren't sure what to do. Yeah, and I think that it kind of, you know, they are getting referred for testing for a reason and they're seeking some answers. And so we're able to kind of back that up with some evidentiary support in terms of our data and offer um, some recommendations that we know are more evidence-based based on what the findings were. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Krista, for joining us uh, today on our podcast to discuss the psychological testing services. Uh, for any clinicians out there that may be listening or are located um, in the state of Pennsylvania and in, in or around the, the Pittsburgh area, uh, we do have uh, testing available at CBI. And you can check that out on our website, which is www.papsychotherapy.org. And if you send any clients um, over, they just may uh, be lucky enough to get uh, some testing scheduled here with Dr. Krista Puglisi for an in-depth look uh, to see how their course of treatment can be improved. So thank you so much for taking the time today, Krista, for being here with us. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks. It's awesome. And thanks so much to our listeners for this week's episode of The Barrier Breakdown. We hope to see you next time and we hope you stay safe and healthy. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Barrier Breakdown, Disrupting Mental Health. Listeners can find all of our episodes on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. For more information and to learn about upcoming continuing education events, check out our website, cbicenterforeducation.com, our Facebook pages, Cognitive Behavior Institute, and CBI Center for Education, as well as our Instagram at Cognitive Behavior Institute, and our Twitter at CBI underscore Pittsburgh. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We hope you'll tune in for another guest next week.